0: You are now listening to the London International Christian Church podcast. that incredible singing, Um, I love that song, I know we sing it pretty much every women's midweek, but it really is an incredible song if you think about the words, let the joy, let the peace, let the glory of the Lord rise among us us imperfect human beings, that we get to purvey the the glory and the joy of the Lord himself. It's really an awesome song. Uh, So thank you, women, for for your hearts to sing. Thank you so much, Dee, for your awesome benevolence. Gosh, all those scriptures, I was like, man, it's so true. Like, it's not just a one-time thing. Like, we need to have benevolent hearts, benevolent attitudes. Um... Thank you so much, Josie, for your real welcoming, your honesty, your openness, but also just for your heart, sis, just to even give us an example of repentance. To just, you know what? I don't feel like it, but I'm going to do it anyways and give my heart. And you did an incredible job, sis. Um, So thank you, everyone, that uh, Rebecca, for also praying. Um, I think it's incredible that we get to be able to be among sisters. You know, We're standing up here and we're talking, but we're talking with our sisters. We're family. And tonight, um, I was thinking, okay, like, uh, originally MJ was going to uh, be preaching tonight, so please keep her and Sean in your prayers, as Sean's grandpa passed away last week, um, and they're at the wake right now, but please, please, please be keeping them in your prayers, Um, but I I was thinking, kind of last minute, like, what do I need to preach about, what do I think, you know, people need to hear, but I also just thought about what I needed to hear, and um, so we're coming up on our European Missions Conference, It's, it's in two weeks, So, we're not going to have another midweek before then. Um, So, just preparing our minds, preparing our hearts, what do we need to think about? What do we need to focus on? And uh, the topic that kept popping into my head was joy. (laughs) Was joy, like real joy, happiness in Christ. We talk about it in the very first Bible study we do with anyone. How do we get happy? We're blessed if we seek God with all of our heart. If we obey God, if we seek him, we follow his statutes, we get to be happy. So it's the first thing we talk about with people in regards to seeking after God. But oftentimes we can lose it. We can lose that joy. We can lose that happiness with God. We lose that closeness. Why? Because we're not seeking God with all of our hearts. Um, But as we go into this event, as we're asked to serve in different ways... Uh, as we go into spending sleepless nights, um, endless fellowship, deep conversations, late night or early morning airport runs uh, to pick people up, uh, being asked to serve, change plans, whatever it is, as we go into this event, um, what is going to enable this conference to glorify God? Excuse me, at the highest level is our heart of joy. Not just a fake joy, but a real deep from the heart joy. And so that's what we're going to talk about tonight. And obviously it's not just for the conference that we want to be joyful, that we want to be happy, but really for our day-to-day life. You know, London itself, especially going into the winter months, it gets a little gloomy. (laughs) It gets a little sad, you know, kind of heavy hearted. People kind of walk around in all dark clothes and don't talk to anybody and just rush everywhere because it's freezing outside. But we want to be women that because of God have a never ending joy, no matter what season, no matter what circumstance, whatever is going on, that we, we have a joy in God. And actually, joy is a command of God. It's a command from the scriptures to be joyful. Now let's look at Philippians four. Philippians four verse four. And it says, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Well, what does rejoice means mean? It means to have joy. Always rejoice in the Lord always, have joy in the Lord always. In 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 16, it says, be joyful always, always, no matter what's happening, be joyful, you know? And so we see that from the scriptures, it is a command for us to do. And whenever God commands us to do something, it also means that it's possible for us to do it. He never commands us to do anything we can't we're not capable of doing. So if he commands us to do it, we can do it. Sometimes I think, "Can be joyful always. That is impossible. <laughs> There's no way. But if we understand God calls us to it, we can do it. And we must do it. Um, because we want to live in obedience to God. Um, and again, it's a rejoicing and a joy that comes from the heart. You know, I think a lot of times we can put on a smile put on that, oh yeah, I'm good, I'm okay, you know, we just walk around and we pretend. Because it's easier to do that than to be really real with where we're at, so that we can get that joy. You know, we have to be real with where we're at, so that we can have that joy. But it's not about being fake, it's not about just pretending, you know, that we're happy, that's not the kind of joy God wants us to have. Um, So where does our joy come from, and how do we get it? Let's go to Galatians 5 and verse 22. Galatians 5 verse 22, it says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. So it comes from the Spirit. It's a gift. The Spirit gives us to be joyful. That's awesome. So we know a gift, right? You don't earn it. You don't deserve it. You just get it because someone was nice. The Holy Spirit is very nice and very generous to us. He gives us all these things. Um, But specifically, he gives us joy. The Spirit gives us joy. Well, where else does joy come from? Let's go to Romans chapter 5. Joy, surprise, surprise, comes from suffering. Joy comes from suffering. And in Romans 5, starting in verse 3, it says, Not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. So we can rejoice and be joyful even in suffering because we know it's productive, right? If it was just suffering alone, like, but God in his great mercy allows us to grow through our suffering, allows us to gain things from our suffering. It says we get to um, mature. Oh, I'm sorry. We get to build character. We get to build hope. Let's look at James chapter one. Mm-hmm. Social media hashtag. I, I often refer to the, the hashtag pure joy because we had this joke in Texas. Every time you um, you were just struggling and someone asks you to, you know, how are you doing or asks you to do something you don't want to do. Like just hashtag pure joy. Like it's all about pure joy. And because of this scripture. So let's look at this scripture whenever you're going through something and you post on Facebook or Instagram, just use that hashtag. A lot of people know you're suffering, but you are rejoicing. Jesus. <laughs> but James one, um, verse two to four, it says, uh, consider it pure joy. My sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Yeah. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Yeah. So joy through suffering. Yeah. It says it joy. Yeah. Not just joy like, okay, but pure joy. No, like, complaining. No, like, oh, this stinks. Oh, this is really challenging. It says pure joy when you face trials of many kinds. It's an opportunity to mature. It says that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. That's why God's allowing you to go through that challenging circumstance so that you can grow. Remember, God doesn't waste our suffering. God doesn't waste the the challenging circumstances we go through. He uses it to help us grow. And we can rejoice because we have faith in that. Because we know that God is going to use it for good. So joy comes from suffering. Well, where else does it come from? Joy comes from the kingdom. Let's look at Romans 14, 17. Joy comes from the kingdom. And I don't remember who said it earlier, but the kingdom is God's church. Sure. That through God's church, through God's people, sure. we get to have joy. Mm-hmm. In Romans 14, oh, right. Romans 14 and verse 17, mm-hmm. it says, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. What is the kingdom about? It's about righteousness, peace, and joy. Again, through that Holy Spirit. I'm telling you guys, without this Holy Spirit, we'd be able to do nothing. Uh, But that's where we get joy. That's a source of joy, is all these people around us. That we get such a, um, a great joy from being in the fellowship from being with our sisters, from hearing their stories, from uh, just being able to lift each other up and encourage one another. It's awesome. We get joy from that. We get joy from our salvation. Let's look at uh, Psalm chapter 51. It's one of my favorite psalms. Psalm chapter 51. We get joy from salvation. And in Psalm 51, we'll read verse 10 to 12. What I mean. It on. says, thank you. It says in verse 10, yeah. Uh, Create in me a pure heart, O God, mm-hmm. and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Mm-hmm. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Mm-hmm. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, David was struggling at this time. You can see it in his words. He needed restoration, mm-hmm. Because he remembered how joyful it was when God saved him, how happy he was when he came into a relationship with God. And he said he was fallen from that place. And so he asks God, he prays, God, restore to me that joy, that joy I felt when I was first. Saved, And I think sometimes we need to pray that prayer. You know, God, restore this joy to me. You know, we need to remember the day we got baptized, the day that we came into a, a relationship with God, that this uh, joy that we felt on that day when our sins were forgiven, this is the joy we should have every day. And we need to fight to remember that sometimes. Um, but uh, that's why we have the scriptures amen (laughs) Uh, we get burdened sometimes by our discipleship by our Christianity oh do I have to read my bible every day do I have to pray Do I have to get up that early? Do I have to go to another meeting? Do I have to go out and share my faith? Like, this is our heart sometimes. I felt that this week. Like, do I really have to? It's hard. It's a struggle. It's a challenge. Yeah. And we can feel burdened um, by life sometimes. Um, but we can feel burdened by our relationship with God. Um, and so, pray. If that's where your heart is, sisters, it's okay. We can all relate as you hear. Like, we can all relate. But pray that God. Will Will remind you of the joy of your salvation, and lastly, joy comes from God. Let's look at Romans chapter fifteen. Romans chapter fifteen and verse thirteen, and it says in Romans fifteen verse thirteen. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. It says the God of hope, may he fill you with joy, all joy and peace. It's God who fills us with joy. It's God who makes us happy. If we're looking to anything else, for our happiness. It's wrong. It's not going to come back fruitful. Stop doing it. Uh, we'll talk more about that later. But but it is God who gives us joy. And so the title of my lesson is a popular song probably all of us know. If you're happy and you know it. Yes, come on. Let's do that again. If you're happy and you know it. <laughs> amen. So we grow up I grew up singing this song. I knew this song from childhood. And you clap your hands, you stomp your feet, you turn around. You do all these things if you're happy, right? And what's the implication? It's trying to get kids to to feel happy. You know, when they're clapping their hands, they feel happy. When they're smiling, they feel happy. Um, And so we also need to uh, sometimes remind ourselves we're happy. Okay? And so what do I do about that happiness? Well, my first point... um, Oh, my first point is going to be your face will surely show it if you're happy and you know it your face will surely show it my second point is if you're happy and you know it your life will surely show it Wow your face will surely show it and your life will surely show it but really um, I want to focus in on, on this concept that our joy comes from God and let's look at Psalm chapter 16 We'll get to the points in a few minutes. And really, it all goes together. But In Psalm 16, verse 11, I'm going to read from the ESV. I think that's the English Standard Version. (laughs) (laughs) But it says, You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. You know, it is in God's presence and his presence alone that we find real joy, fullness of joy. You know, when I think of um, fullness, that concept of fullness, you know, you're going, you're asking for a glass of your favorite drink and they fill it up halfway, you're going to feel cheated. God's like, no, no, I want you to have a full spilling over glass of this refreshing drink, which is joy. He's so generous. He wants you to have the fullness of joy, but it's in God's presence. How are your quiet times? How is it going reading your Bible and praying? How is your time with God? Are you looking elsewhere for your joy? You know, are you looking to a boyfriend or husband for for your joy, for your happiness? Are you looking to your job? To your finances, a good salary? Are you trying to find joy in that? Are you trying to find joy in your life by accomplishing your dreams? You know, sometimes we look to all these things for joy, but the only place we'll find complete joy is sitting at our Father's feet and listening to him speak to you and speaking to him. That's what it means to spend time with God. That's what it means when we say quiet time. We call it a quiet time. It doesn't have to be quiet. It can be powerful, loud, tearful, expressive, whatever you need it to be. Spend time with God spend time listening to him let his joy rub off on you right i mean he's a pretty joyful guy you look at the yeah. scriptures he talks so much about how he wants to give us all this joy all this happiness how he lavishes all these great things on us god's a pretty joyful guy yeah. so let his joy rub off on you yeah. do you know what god's joy is anyone awesome. Awesome. us exactly it's you It's you guys. You are the joy of God. The fact that you decided to believe in God, repent and be baptized and have a relationship with him is the only reason he was able to endure the suffering he went through. The Bible says for the joy set before him. That was you. That was you, ladies. His joy was you. You having a relationship with him, that's what he endured the cross for. So let that joy he has in you rub off so that you can also be happy. He went through so much for you. Uh, But look to your father, ladies. Look to your father to find that joy and happiness. And when you're happy and you know it, your face will surely show it. Let's talk about this point. Your face will surely show it. Many studies have been done and articles written... About um, what the most attractive quality is, and what is that attractive quality? Smile. No. Yes, but no. It's happiness. <laughs> so, so smiling is a, a sign of it. Yeah. But the attractive quality that people think is the most attractive, scientists have deduced this is the most attractive quality in a human being. It's happiness. Wow. It's happiness. It's not a glistening white, straight smile. It's not the perfect contoured makeup. You know, it's not the, uh, the eye cream that keeps us from being wrinkled. It's none of that. It's not the fittest body, the most fashionable clothes. Amen. <laughs> um, but it's none of that. It's happiness. That is the most attractive quality. Why? Why does happiness draw on people? Because we all want to be happy, yeah. right? Everybody wants to be happy. Everybody wants to be around happy people. You know, when I'm sad, sometimes happy people just tick me off. I'm like, listen, leave me alone. I don't, I can't be around you. It's too much. Um, But other times and most of the time I need it. Even when I don't feel it, even when I can't necessarily handle it or get on board, I need that. I need that to rub off on me. Like, please give me some of that faith. Give me some of that Positivity, some of that, just joy, I need it. Yeah. And so people want to be around that because we all go through hard times. Yeah. We all have down days. And yeah. sometimes they're more down days than happy days. Yeah. Um, and so we we are drawn to joy. Yeah. We are drawn to, to happiness. Um, in Proverbs 15, verse 30. One, two, and, Happiness and joy, it's something we have to fight for. We have to fight in our relationship with God. But when we're able to have this joy, um, it just has such a great impact on those around us. Um, But in Proverbs 15, verse 30, it says, A cheerful look brings joy to the heart, and good news gives health to the bones. Amen for good news sharing, right? <laughs> it's awesome to be able to see what's going on in the lives of our sisters and all the ways God's working to, to um, introduce them to new people who want to know God to make an impact around them. Uh, but a cheerful look, where does your look come from? Your face. Yeah. So if you're happy and you know it, your face will surely show it. And if your face is happy, you're going to cheer up other people. You're going to be able to impact other people. Your joy will cause others to be joyful. And let's look at Proverbs 17, verse 22. It says, a cheerful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. A cheerful heart is good medicine. I know there's a lot of nurses in the room here tonight. I'm one of them. And when I think about medicine, I think of healing. Something that changes the state you're in at the moment, right? And so what this says is that, um, sorry, I just lost my place, 22. A cheerful heart is medicine. When you're around someone that's joyful, when you get, go to God who is joy, um, you get to be healed. And you get to help other women around you be healed with joy. Can you imagine? Just joy alone can heal a heart. That's it. Imagine uh, women who go their whole life without having real interpersonal connection. Mm -hmm. Who have, for whatever reason, closed people out. Or who've just grown up in abusive relationships their whole life. Mm -hmm. Who've never experienced love in the way that God wants them to. If you just exude that cheer, that joy, that happiness, imagine what it will do to their heart. You can heal people with your joy. Joy is very powerful. Let's look at Proverbs 15, verse 13. It was hard to narrow down all the scriptures. There was a lot on joy. (laughs) Um, But in Proverbs 15, verse 13. Oh, I already read this. I'm so sorry. Did I? No, I didn't. Okay. (laughs) We were in a different verse. uh, 30. Okay, so in Proverbs 15, verse 13, it says, A happy heart makes the face cheerful, but heartache crushes the spirit. So again, we see this concept, like um, the, the cheerful face. But where does it come from? It comes from the heart. Amen. It comes from out of your heart, a happy heart. And we know, we've talked about it already, where we get that happy heart is from God. Mm-hmm. It's from his spirit. It's from spending time with him, spending time with each other. It comes from our heart. Um, and happiness changes our face. <laughs> we can see when someone is pretending to smile <laughs> versus really genuinely smiling when they're pretending to sing and be happy. About worshiping God. But they're really not. Versus when they're fired up to sing. There's a difference. It changes our face. It's not forced. It's natural. It comes from the heart. You know, and when we have a cheerful face, we're more approachable. <laughs> you know, I think like if someone's smiling, I'm more likely to talk to them yes. than if they're not, if they look really sad. Or if they look really sad, I might want to talk to them too because I don't want them to be sad. But, um, uh, but if it, people look angry or focused, or you know, it's like I don't know, kind of intimidating. But if we as Christians, as disciples, have a cheerful face, a cheerful demeanor. It makes us a lot more approachable. Yeah. So when we go and share our faith and talk to people about God, we might get a different response just because of our our heart, our happiness, yeah. our face, our facial expressions. Yeah. Uh, but also to each other, you know, when we are when we come in, kind of dragging. Uh, amen. We all have bad days, and we we need to be real with that. But we also need to deny ourselves sometimes. Mm-hmm. We need to come in when we're going to fellowship with each other, and we need to. Give, even facially. We need to be happy, excited to see each other. Because then that sister that may be having a hard day. If she comes and she sees you, maybe she's struggling and she's like, I don't know. I don't even have strength to talk to anyone. But if you're welcoming, if you're inviting, she's going to be able to get open. She's going to be able to feel like she can approach you and talk to you. And that's the kind of atmosphere we need to have in the church. And I believe we have it. You guys are very approachable. I think, honestly, I feel like I could talk to any one of you guys. Uh, But it's something we need to really strengthen, especially as we have all these outside disciples that are coming in uh, for this conference that we need to be a church that's known for our joy and our love. Yeah. Let's look at Proverbs34 I'm sorry, Psalm 34. In Psalm 34, verse 5. In Psalm 34 verse 5, I'm going to read it out of the NLT. It says, those who look to him for help will be radiant with joy. Those who look to him for help will be radiant with joy. I don't know about you, but I want to be radiant. (laughs) I want to feel radiant. I want to be radiant. I want to radiate joy. It says, when we look to him, implying God. So when do we get to be radiant with joy? when we look to God for help, do you know what weighs us down? Stress, worry, anxiety. It says when we look to God for help, we are radiant with joy. So it cancels out that stress, that anxiety, that worry that we feel. When we're worried and we're anxious, our face shows something similar, right? It shows the stress. We get, you know, furrowed brows and, and focused looks and, and we kind of uh, zone in on whatever we're trying to do. But when we look to God, when we allow ourselves to, to give everything to God for him to help us, we get to be radiant. We don't have to worry. Well, the Bible says in Matthew to cast your anxiety on God, like go to him. He will, his yoke is easiest burden is light. Like he wants to take on what you have, what you're holding on to that's heavy, that's weighing you down. Jesus wants to take that on so that you can be free, so that you can be light and radiant with joy. Stressless. Yeah. I can't imagine that life. <laughs> I need to fight for this, you know, that we need to go to God, look to God for help, and we can have that radiant joy. Yeah. Um, so, it, joy not only changes our appearance, it changes what comes out of our mouth. Yeah. You know, we're more positive, we're more faithful, we build people up, we are less critical, we complain less. Um, so, these are all great things, but also it changes the way we sing. Let's just Quickly look at a couple scriptures in psalms. We'll start in 95, uh, verse 1 and 2. Psalm 95, verse 1 and 2. And this is something, especially going into the EMC again, uh, with this conference, we want to be a church that's known for our singing. And as a young Christian, I got into song leading right away. And I am so grateful for it because it taught me how to worship God. Uh, on a different level. Like when we read, when we pray, this is awesome. But singing to God is such a special thing. It connects our hearts in a way that nothing else can. Whether you're a good singer or not, doesn't even matter. But when you sing with all of your heart, it connects you to God. It connects your emotions. Um, it, it's a way that we can show him reverence and awe. That we can give our heart to God. And there's different songs. There's songs we sing to each other. And we need to be looking at each other, smiling at each other when we're singing. And there are songs that we sing to God. And during those songs that, you know, like, I need your love. We sang a great example. I need your love. That's a prayer to God. You're not just saying the words. You're talking to God in song. So let's look at these scriptures in in Psalm 95, uh, verse 1 and 2. It says, Come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before him with thanksgiving and extol him with music and song. God wants us to sing to him. God wants us to come before him with thanksgiving, music, and song, and to sing with joy. Not just to sing, but to sing with joy. Um, I feel like you guys did a great job tonight just singing with joy, with your energy. But let this be your song to God every time you sing. Let this be your heart that, God, I'm going to come to you with joy. I'm going to come to you in song and and be uh, in thanksgiving. Let's look at Psalm 67, verse 4. Psalm 67, verse 4. It says, may the nations be glad and sing for joy. For you rule the peoples justly and guide the nations of the earth. It's say, "May the nations be glad and sing for joy." And we're going to have an opportunity to be singing with all nations at our European missions conference. People from Paris, from uh, Sweden, from Russia, from India, from America, from Brazil, uh, and the list goes on. So many different nations are going to be here, and we're going to be able to experience this. May the nations be glad and sing for joy. So have this on your heart, women. Uh, let's look at Psalm 100. Psalm 100, verse 2 oh, verse 1 and 2. It says, Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth, worship the Lord with gladness, come before him with joyful songs. You know, again, God wants to hear you sing with all your heart. Yeah. Um, music helps you to connect, but music also helps others to connect. Yeah. When people feel a disconnected uh, song service, They're not going to give their heart. They're not going to give their heart to listening, to the sermon. They're not going to give their heart to the fellowship. The singing is where we start, right? Because that can soften people's hearts. We always start our services with singing. And so really understanding the importance of this and the importance of you. If I look out and see, like if I were a visitor and I looked at the crowd and saw people kind of just distracted while they're singing, and like, I'm not going to be fired up. I'm not going to be excited. I'm going to feel like they don't want to be here. Why should I? Really, and so we need to be Christians that give our hearts to God in song, that help each other to connect to God through music, through worshiping our God. Um, And I think just uh, really focusing on the words you say is so key because, again, like I said earlier, it helps you to connect in a different way. Let's look at Psalm one twenty-six. We need those reminders, you know. Sometimes the words, uh, when we're when we're really focusing on them, they can help us reflect on things in our own life. Um, I know for me, I was asked to move after I graduated nursing school from Chicago to California. I had just graduated. I'd been offered a job at one of the top hospitals in the country. And um, I thought, okay, this is awesome. God's really doing great things. And, uh, and then I was asked to move across the country. And uh, amen. Um, but what helped me make that decision for God was a song. God put it on my heart. At that moment, I was crying and praying. I just rejected the job, and I was like, Oh, God, what am I doing? I don't even know what I'm doing. And I sang the words of a song we sing in church. And honestly, right now my mind has gone blank, so I can't even tell you what the song is. But it was a song we sing in church. <laughs> um, oh, who yielded his life in atonement for sin. And, and those, I forget the, the beginning, but those words came to my heart. And I just thought, gosh, like God gave up his life. God gave up his life for me. And I can give up a job for him. Like, that's nothing. I can get another job. That's no problem. But it it helped me to connect to where I was at in life. And so music is so powerful. Uh, But let's look at Psalm 126, verse 3. Because I think this helps us to have the joy, not just singing, but connecting to what God is doing in our life. In Psalm 126, verse 3, It says the Lord has done great things for us, and we are filled with joy. You know, something that helps us to find our joy in God is remembering what God has done for us. Is is to reflect on what has God done in my life? Where has God brought me? Where has God brought me out of? Yes, (laughs) the depths, the lows. Um, And where has he brought me joyfully, happily? Like, what has he done in my life? What has he changed in my life? Um, I want to encourage you guys, make a list. Make a list of things that God has done in your life. And think of them when you sing. (laughs) And when you're worshiping God in prayer, in reading your Bible, think of these things. Reflect on what God has done for you because you will get so much joy. You'll be filled with joy when you remember what God has done. And it'll change the way you think about things. Like when we focus on the good God has done, when we go through a trial or or anything, like we'll remember like, no, okay, God is doing something good here. It'll help change our perspective. It'll help change our attitude in challenging circumstances. You know, I want to ask you, what does your attitude say about you? (laughs) What do people know you as? Are you grateful? Are you a complainer? You know, what do your coworkers, your colleagues at work know you as? What are you known for to your family or your non-Christian friends? What would they say about your attitude? What would someone on the train think of you and your attitude? (laughs) Early in the morning, late at night, what would they think of you? Let's go to Proverbs 27. In Proverbs chapter 27, verse 19, thinking about our attitudes, (laughs) it says, As water reflects a face, so a man's heart reflects the man. Wow. (laughs) I was convicted when I read that. I'm like, oh gosh. It's like that scripture out of the overflow of the heart the mouth speaks. Like, What's in our heart is evident. It reflects. It reflects in our life. It reflects in our face. It reflects in how we speak, how we sing. Um, So we need to take care of what is in our heart so that what is reflected on the outside is pleasing to God. That it shows the joy that God has given you. And let's go to point number two. If you're happy and you know it, then your life will surely show it. And we've already talked about a lot of life factors, but, um, you know, we've talked about getting close to God, fighting in our quiet times, to really um, spend quality time with God, to connect, to be grateful, and to draw our joy from Him. Um, But the other factor of that is really being able to pour that joy out to others and in every area of our life. Um, So let's look at 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1 this is an incredible scripture but life can be up and down and all over the place and, uh, and crazy and God wants us to have this joy no matter what uh, but in 1 Peter chapter 1 we'll read verse 6 through 9 it says in this you greatly rejoice though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials these have come so that your faith You know, there is a lot of suffering. You know, it kind of uh, makes it seem like, oh, you know, like, um, you've had to suffer grief. and But, like, of all kinds, like, all trials. Like, that's a lot. Like, we have to suffer through a lot of challenges in our life. But God wants to give us an inexpressible and glorious joy. Amen. What a generous father, mm-hmm. you know, and because of our salvation and the hope we have in heaven, mm-hmm. we can have this joy no matter what the circumstances are. No matter what's going on, uh, we can have this. Let's look at Second Corinthians chapter 6. God wants to give us joy through everything. In Second Corinthians chapter 6, we will read verse 10. And it says Oh Am I at the right spot? Yeah. Yeah, why do I feel like it was a different picture? Hold on, let me just double check. Sorry, ladies. Yeah, must be this. Okay. Uh, so we'll read uh, a little bit before. We put no stumbling block in anyone's path, starting verse 3. Uh, we put no stumbling block in anyone's path so that our ministry will not be discredited. Rather, as servants of God, we commend ourselves in every way in great endurance, in troubles, hardships, and distresses, in beatings, imprisonments, and riots, in hard work, sleepless nights, and hunger, in purity, understanding, patience, and kindness, in the Holy Spirit, and in sincere love. Um, in truthful speech and in the power of God, with weapons of righteousness in the right hand and in the left. Uh, Skip down to uh, verse 9. Known yet regarded as unknown, dying yet we live on, beaten yet not killed, sorrowful yet always rejoicing, poor yet making many rich, having nothing and yet possessing everything. Wow, I mean that whole passage is incredible. Paul talks about all the struggles Uh, in every way that we go through in our life. We fight for our purity. We fight to work hard. We fight to uh, go through challenges of of sleepless nights and um, sometimes going hungry. Um, Amen. None of us have been beaten or imprisoned for our faith. Um, But he just talks about the realness of, of struggle, of challenge. And throughout all those things, it says, In verse 10, they're sorrowful, yet they're always rejoicing. Like life is heavy. And yet somehow the first century Christians found a way to still rejoice. To still be obedient to the command to rejoice always. Um, Let's look over at chapter 7, verse 4. It says, I have great confidence in you. I take great pride in you. I am greatly encouraged in all. All our troubles, my joy knows no bounds. Wow. Wow. (laughs) In all our troubles, it's like, huh? What are you talking about, Paul? Like, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. He talks about all the things they've gone through, all the challenges. And he says, in all our trouble, my joy knows no bounds. I mean, that is an incredible heart to endure for Christ. That's an awesome heart that we can imitate in challenges in our life. And we're going to go through a lot, um, ups and downs. But with God, our joy can be boundless. With God, our joy can be never-ending, unstoppable. Let's look at Colossians chapter 1. Come on, Colossians chapter 1, verse 24. It says, now I rejoice in what was suffered for you, and I fill up in my flesh what is still lacking in regards to Christ's affliction for the sake of his body, which is the church. It says he rejoices in what was suffered for you, meaning the church. Like he had to suffer. He had to go through challenges to help this church be built. Uh, to, to make disciples, to keep them faithful. He had to suffer to do that. He had to travel there. He had to send other people there. I mean, he was always focusing on how to build God's church. And it says that what, what he suffered was so worth it. Like he was rejoicing because what did he get to see? Just like Jesus and the joy set before him, Paul was like, listen, this is my joy that I get to see fruitful, faithful disciples, that my work paid off. That my hard effort, my suffering, it was worth something. And so even through the challenges, Paul said, you know what? I'm rejoicing. I'm rejoicing. So even in challenges for us, no matter what we're going through, we've got to fight for the same heart. You know, that God can give us joy in our suffering. God can also, though, give us joy that surpasses even the best times. Let's look at Psalm chapter 4. Not only can God give us joy... That, that just brings us out of the challenges, God gives us more joy than we feel even when everything is going perfectly. Yeah. When times are good, God can still give us more joy. And in Psalm chapter 4, it just shows us that it doesn't matter the circumstances. We can have everything in the world and still be really unhappy. You know, we see that all the time. We see people have everything and then um, end up committing suicide. We see... Um, people who, who look like they've got it all together and their heart is just in shambles. Um, but it, So it doesn't matter, good or bad, easy or hard life. Um, God can give us joy, uh, abounding joy. But in Psalm chapter 4, verse 7, it says, You have filled my heart with greater joy than when their grain and new wine abound. So he's saying in good times. God's joy surpasses the good. That's the kind of joy that God wants you to have. That's the kind of joy that God can give you. In good circumstances and in bad, God can give us great joy. Um, In John chapter 16, we've just got a few more scriptures and then we'll close out. In John chapter 16... I hope you guys are getting the trend here. Um, There's a lot of focus on joy, on happiness, on rejoicing in the scriptures. And uh, John 15 and 16 are two great chapters to look at for this if you want to do some studies on your own. Um, But in John chapter 16, verse 22 to 24, it says, So with you, now is your time of grief. But I will see you again, and you will rejoice, and no one will take away your joy. In that day you will no longer ask me anything. I tell you the truth, my Father will give you whatever you ask for in my name. Until now you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask, and you will receive, and your joy will be complete. Amen. The joy that comes from God cannot be taken away. And the joy that comes from God is complete. Sometimes we get joy from certain things, but it's not complete. It fades away, right? It's not whole joy. It's not raw, you know? It's like 1% milk, skim milk, you know? It's like it's not the real deal. God gives us uncut, unedited, full-on joy. That's what we get from God. Um, So my encouragement is just to... to, um, Really go to God in prayer. You know, this talks about prayer and praying for things in Jesus' name. And when we see God move move in our life after we pray, aren't we so excited? (laughs) Aren't we so happy? We're filled with joy. Like, oh my gosh, he answered my prayers. And he said yes. That's awesome. Because sometimes he says no. Um, but he answered my prayers, and this is so awesome. We get so much joy from seeing God moving in our life. Yeah. So take your prayers deeper, ladies. Take your prayers deeper. Start asking God for, for those things you're afraid to ask for. Um, make your prayers exciting. You know, Go on walks. Find beautiful places that move your heart to be close to God. Um, let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 1. And 2 Corinthians chapter 1, uh, another place we get joy, we talked about was from the kingdom. But specifically, it's working together. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1, in verse 24, it says, Not that we lord it over your faith, but we work with you for your joy, because it is by faith you stand firm. So working together causes joy. It could be working together to help build someone up in their faith if they're kind of low. It could be working together on the mission field, going out and sharing your faith together. I was so inspired by the women going out just for 20, 30 minutes before midweek tonight um, just to share their faith. Uh, But just having that on their hearts, like hearing about all these women sharing their faith and and getting new um, women involved and out to Bible talk, like we do that together. When we do that together, we're fired up, we're inspired, we're joyful um, but we need to work with each other. Are you working with your brothers and sisters? Or are you kind of like, oh, yeah, someone else will do it. <laughs> oh, no, it's okay. They asked me to do that, but I don't really, you know, someone else will find. It. They'll figure out a way. No, we need to work together. That's where we get our joy, in unity. Unity brings joy. Are you seeking the kingdom first? Are you going after this working together? Are you seeking God's kingdom? This is reflected not just um, if you're at all the meetings of church, but also what you do on your days off. Like, you know, it's one thing to be told to do something. It's another that you initiate. You know, what do you do in your spare time? Do you spend time with people? You know, do you um, hang out with other Christians? Do you um, go on dates to encourage your brothers, not just for romantic, but to, to encourage and build up your brothers in the kingdom? You know, are you making time for people? Are you making time to serve people who are in need? How are you helping prepare for the EMC? You know, last time I talked about asking your leader... Uh, what you can do to serve or help. Who has taken up that challenge? You don't have to raise your hands, but if you haven't done it, (laughs) I'm talking to you. (laughs) Because there's a lot to do. You know, we need people to serve in every way because there are so many disciples coming in from everywhere. So many people, just non-Christians are coming too. And we need to have an impact on them. The way we can do that is to serve. Um, Let's look at one more scripture in Isaiah chapter 12. And in Isaiah chapter 12, I love this scripture, and we'll start in verse 2 and we'll read to verse 5. It says, Surely God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. The Lord, the Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. With joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation. In that day you will say, give thanks to the Lord, call on his name, make known among the nations what he has done, and proclaim that his name is exalted. Sing to the Lord, for he has done glorious things. Let this be known to all the world. Shout aloud and sing for joy, people of Zion, for great is the Holy One of Israel among you. Wow, this is an awesome scripture, uh, really an awesome chapter entirely. And uh, when we are rejoicing in God, we're evangelistic. This is another way our life shows it. If we are happy and that joy, that happiness overflows into others, that means in that joy, we share it with others. We talk about it. I mean, how often do we talk about when we find a great sale? Yeah. How often do we talk about when we get something for free? <laughs> How often do we talk about when our friends surprise us and do something nice? We talk yeah. about these happy things in our life. Are we talking about God? Are we talking about our Savior? Are we talking about what he's done in our life? You know, sharing our faith should come naturally out of the overflow of our hearts. But specifically, it says world evangelism in verse 5. Sing to the Lord, let us. This be known to all the world. World evangelism would not be possible without gratitude, without joy. This scripture says, sing to the Lord for he has done glorious things. So it's our gratitude that impacts nations. Our gratitude for what God has done. You know, that's what we are sharing with people. It's not just an invitation to church. We're sharing who God is. We won't be able to reach Europe. We won't be able to reach the world if we do not fight to have this complete joy that Jesus wants us to have. You know, a quote from John Piper. um, He's a Baptist minister. uh, He says, uh, God is most glorified in you when you are most satisfied in him. God is most glorified in you When you are most satisfied in him, are you satisfied with God? Is God glorified in you? You know, if you're happy and you know it, your face will surely show it. If you're happy and you know it, your life will will surely show it. Let's fight to be women who find our joy and our satisfaction in God, who allow that joy to overflow into every single area of our lives and to God be the glory. Amen. We would like to thank you for listening to that episode of the podcast. If you would like video versions of these episodes, whether it's sermon highlights or interviews, feel free to check us out on our website or view them on our YouTube channel. That's londonchurch.org.uk That's l-o-n-d-o-n-c-h-u-r-c-h.org.uk And for all other updates and information, whether it's services, events, or devotionals, you can find all that on our website also. Once again, we'd like to thank you for listening and we'll catch you on the next one.